What do you know about your group? What have you learned about your group that you didn't know when this all started uh, several weeks ago? I think their capacity to work is the biggest thing I, our staff has been impressed with in terms of the amount that we've gotten in since April 20th with this group. Um, you know, they, they're, it's an extremely thirsty group in terms of they always want something more, they want something new. Um, you'll see them today. A lot of people kind of mail in this last day. These guys are fired up about getting out there one more time. We got a lot of situational work we got to get done today, but uh, I think that's the biggest thing. Just really, their capacity to work was uh, really impressive with them. Any individual or positional things that have been resolved or not resolved? No, no I mean, just because of the nature of what we do, there are no pads. There are no quarterbacks can't be touched. You know, you're really not allowed to play press man and get up and get physical with them. You can kind of mirror them and shadow them. So there's a lot of cooperation that has to go on in the off-season program. So to, to come to any real conclusions at this point in time isn't. It really wouldn't be fair to anybody to say, hey, this guy's done an unbelievable job. I mean, you really we still got to put pads on. We still got to be physical. We still got to you know see what that's all about. So you've acknowledged that you've acknowledged that. Um, negotiations with Bradford about the contract extension. If something were to get done before camp, wouldn't that essentially eliminate a true quarterback competition? Uh, the best players are always going to play, so I mean, I think that's always been the way it has to be, and that's the way it will be. So. The long-term deal would be a <coughs> deal that, that give a significant amount of money. Uh, one more time, my theory is the best players always play, and it's not fair to the rest of the guys on the team if the best players aren't playing. It's not fair to the city, it's not fair to the staff, it's not fair to anybody if the best players aren't playing, and the best players are always going to play. It's the same message we always have with them. I mean, that, it's a great group. We trust them. They, they've got their individual workouts that they'll be accountable for when they come back. And just, you know, enjoy your time off. You deserve your time off. They've worked extremely hard since April 20th. And looking forward to getting you guys back here on the first. What's how do you categorize how Mark Sanchez has looked throughout the whole camp, especially compared to what he was able to do kind of on the fly last year? He's just so much more comfortable in terms of what we're doing. You know, last year he was coming off an injury, coming off a miss in the year. Um, probably still wasn't 100% when we were with him last year at this point in time. Learning a new offense on the fly, as you said. So it's just a, there's a whole different comfort level when you see Mark out there now. How has that impacted his performance in, in camp? It's obviously he's, he's just sharper just because of, his knowledge, he knows where number two, number three, number four are. He understands protections better. It's not the first time, you know. It's the game of football is a huge game of repetition, and and uh, you can't manufacture those repetitions unless you're out on the field actually doing them. So, you know, he's got that whole year in the bank, so to speak. So, what's the next step for Sam Bradford as he prepares for training camp? Yeah. Just to continue to work on his rehabilitation. As I said before, there's. Um, medical rehab, performance rehab, and then prepare to play. He's in the performance rehab aspect now. He's got six weeks before we get back here in August, and then uh, then it's prepare to play and, and get out there and wing the ball around. He's he's gonna gonna say here. He's he's no, everybody's running around today. He said he's going to stay here. What kind of contact have you and the coaches We don't have any contact with him. He's going to work on his he, – he, with our trainers – and strength coaches, I think he can work on his rehabilitation. But from a football standpoint, there's no contact. What do you think you want to see about out of uh, Josh Huff uh, in, this, in the second offseason, really the first full one that he's had? And what kind of progress have, have you seen? I think he's made great progress. And the biggest thing with Josh is just consistency. And I think it is for most guys, you know, when you come in as a first year player, he was obviously set back a little bit because of his injury uh, and then missing the first portion of the season. But then just flashed at times, you know, has a kickoff return for a touchdown, was a, which was a heck of a return, you know, just a more consistent basis in terms of uh, 
his performance out there, and I think he's really been a lot more consistent, and that's what we've been trying to work on him with him. You talked a lot about Miles Austin and his ability to mentor the younger receivers, but mm -hmm. what about as a receiver? What have you seen from him out here? Been really impressed with him. He's an outstanding route runner. Uh, does a great job of getting separation at the top of his routes. Uh, understands leverage, understands coverage. You know, I think that wealth of experience that he has. Uh, he's a big target. He's got really, really good range. Um, catches the ball extremely well. Uh, intelligent. You know, kind of knows the subtleties of the of exact route running you know kind of exactly where to maybe place his elbow to get separation in terms of pushing off a hip and things like that but and he's imparted that on the younger guys which i think has really helped us you know to to have that true veteran route runner in there and i think he's been really good at doing that so he's actually done a really nice job the one thing with gj that you didn't know because he's coming from quarterback you know he's obviously a running slash throwing quarterback coming out of college so you knew that kind of athleticism but I think the one thing if you ask any of the coaches or even the players is is how well he actually catches the ball which you would never know if a quarterback can do in that transition because it's you know they're not making any attempts but he's got real natural hands he's a he's a hands catcher he plucks the ball he's always catching the ball away from his body he made an outstanding catch I think to finish training yesterday you know down the sideline on a back shoulder throw that he opened up and and caught so um for him it's just getting familiar with with everything. I think he's always seen it through the eyes of a quarterback, but now he's seen it through the eyes of a receiver. So he could tell you what everybody was running on a route, but now how do you run the route? What are the little subtleties, as I talked about with Miles, of getting that route run so you can create separation to give yourself an opportunity to catch it. But um, I think he's done a really nice job. It'll be really interesting to see um, what happens with him in, in August because the other thing, and we've used him a couple days here at running back. Um, he's got some versatility. He's got, you know, playing a couple different spots in special teams. So, um, you know, we'll see how that versatility fits in terms of we're getting towards the 53. So, Jerome Coupland, you signed late last year. You came late last year. You thought of enough of him to sign him off the Lions practice squad. What kind yeah. of progress has he made? Uh, what have you seen from him? That, can he compete to start? He can compete. Um, he's big. He's physical. You know, he looks like a safety. Um, you know, we were impressed with him in terms of watching him on tape at Detroit so that. We felt when we had the opportunity, let's see if we can go get him and bring him in here and develop him. I know Corey and Billy are really excited about him uh, on the defensive side, but a, a smart kid, you know, he's a William & Mary grad, so a uh, real intelligent football player to go along with that physical skill set. Now it's um, it's just applying it kind of, like I said earlier, with Josh on a more consistent basis, but I, he, he's got a legitimate shot. So. Brandon said on Comcast this morning that we would see him in different positions this upcoming season. Does that mean it's similar who says, to Brandon Graham? Who in different positions? Yeah. Similar to Vinny, where you're going to kind of move them around to get a more play? No, nah, I mean, it's the same thing we did with Trent and, and that we do with our outside linebackers because they're playing outside linebacker and base defense, but then when we go to nickel, we're not in a 3-4 spacing or in a 4-down spacing. So moving Connor and Brandon around is part of what we've we've kind of always done. He'll be in a similar role that Connor had for us, you know, and two really kind of interchangeable parts in terms of looking at how we're playing our outside linebackers right now. Going into training camp, you have some time here. But what would you say your biggest strength and your biggest weakness is going into camp in about six weeks? Uh, our biggest strength is that we have six weeks before training camp. And our biggest weakness is that we have six weeks before training camp. So, I mean, off-season program, we don't put a lot of stock in terms of making real, real solid evaluations in terms of where they are. It's about them working getting better, getting smarter, understanding schemes and all those other things, but really trying to figure out your strengths and weaknesses come when we actually put the pads on because to make those assessments now, is it's really not fair. You know, I mean, our, our D line's taking two steps and pulling off. You know, you, you really can't see pass rush moves because 
we're not allowed to do that in this this phase of the game. So we're not we don't look at it from that standpoint where we come out of this and sit down as a coaching staff this afternoon. Hey, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? It's just you know how did each group improve based upon the rules that the CBA gives us in terms of getting these guys better from April 20th until today. So. Have you spoken to John Harwell? Have you spoken to John Harwell yet about how the those inner squad practices? Morton and Libby are calling. Just in case anybody preserve this one. We need Morton and Libby. Is it an emergency phone call? It, it is muted, so... Okay, I just didn't know if it was a... I mean, if it's an emergency, we could take it, so... You should answer. It could have been Harbaugh, right? If it was, it would, I would just give it to you. Could ask him. Have I spoken to John? Yeah, we've gone back and forth, traded emails, talked to him three or four times on the phone, just kind of putting the final pieces together in terms of what we're going to do. When you played Seattle last year, what, what stuck, uh, stood out with the way Byron Maxwell played uh, against you guys specifically? One was the versatility. He started at outside corner, but then when they went to nickel, he came inside. So you watch him cover Mac and, and Coop and then move inside and cover Jordan. You know, I think that was the biggest thing. And then, you know, really when you see him in, in person, not evaluating on film is just how big and tall and long he is and, and what a disruptive force he was, especially when he was playing those guys in press man. So he had a really good game against us. Um, I think if you ask Jordan, I think Jordan said he thought it was the – the, the best cover guy that he faced last year as a rookie. So, uh, you know, that's, that stood out to us. I thought he was the best uh, nickel defender that defended us in the 16 games that we played. For you and the staff, how do you spend the What's that? For you and the staff, how do you Leo, spend the Everybody gets a little bit of a break here just because, I mean, we've been at it since last August, basically straight through. Really not a lot of downtime from that. So. Everybody kind of recharge your battery, spend some time with their families, and then we'll get ready to go. Chip, there's been a lot of talk about Zach Ertz and his offseason and everything he's doing to get on the field more. Have you seen anything from Brent as far as being more driven, knowing that Zach is kind of pushing him for playing time? I think I've seen that that drive from Brent since we got here. You know, I'm not sure there is a harder worker in this organization than Brent, and that's a testament to Brent in terms of what he does. And I think the two of them complement each other. I think they both bring out the best in each other, I think. Uh, because Brent works so hard, I think Zach has learned a lot from Brent. Uh, Brent's always been a great mentor and, and uh, really tried to help him. And I think obviously Zach's ability has pushed Brent, so I think the two of them really complement each other really well. Uh, you know, James Franklin was just in town, and I asked him a story about Jordan Matthews, you know, because he coached him obviously Vanderbilt. And he said the biggest adjustment Jordan told him he had to make was when he was a rookie, he would catch a ball and run it 80 yards. And obviously yeah. you're not, you're looking for fast, fast, fast. You had a conversation with him, he said. What was that conversation like, and what, what was in, your message? In football, um, the play ends on a whistle. So when the whistle blows, stop running. So that was the conversation. Thanks.